0: Hello, fellow travelers of the Gamersphere. This is probably the fastest podcast I've ever put out because we just went to PAX Unplugged last weekend. Uh, that Today is the Sunday the 15th, and we were there uh, the weekend before. And uh, I wanted to get this one out very quickly because it, it, it's kind of of the moment. Like we just got back from PAX Unplugged, and we're getting a chance to kind of wrap and talk about the experience of PAX Unplugged. But let me give you a quick caveat. I I tried not to make it this way, but it's going to sound like one long inside joke at times. And I know that I when I've listened to podcasts that that were that that one long inside joke. I really thought man, I could have done without this. So, if you're the kind of person who can do without a cacophony of laughter and inside jokes, uh <laughs> then this may not be the podcast for you. But if you do decide to listen, then I think you'll get kind of a feel for some of the great things that are happening at PAX Unplugged and some of the the value of going to that particular convention. Uh, by far, PAX is probably the most friendly to mental health providers and mental health gaming of any of the conventions I've attended. And they they show that in a number of ways. And we'll talk about that during our, our little discussion here. But this is a discussion between myself, Dr. Brian Kenyonis, Tim Grant and Brian Peace about our experience at PAX Unplugged. Full of hilarity, frivolity, and uh, lots of inside jokes that hopefully hopefully, we've given you enough context to get. Um, it's just a party on air compared to like a normal Rolling for Change episode where it's like, we're going to give you some really deep and meaningful information. Yeah, you can sift some information out of this, but mostly... This is for the fun of it. This is this was really for us. This is like a, a discombobulation, come down, processing, cathartic moment about a really joyous experience. So, <laughs> if you can get through all that, you're here with us. Then, you, then you should be here, and and we're happy to have you. So, uh, sit back and relax for a a, uh, a very interesting discussion between the the four of us, and. Uh, Keep listening because more good stuff is coming up. There's so much exciting stuff coming up. I just can't explain. So just uh, thanks for listening. And uh, as Jackie Gleason said, away we go. Welcome to Rolling for Change. My name is Woody Harris, and I am joined by three wonderful guests. I have, of course, Brian Peace. Hello. Hello. I have Brian Canyonis. Awkward. <laughs> As, As if you make it. As <laughs> Do you want it to be Dr. Brian Kenyonis? No,
1: no, no, that wasn't it. It was the idea that it was the two Brian's back to back. It was gonna throw me off and I knew it. Oh
0: yeah, well I was planning on doing that from the beginning. Um, I'm gonna to have to have a, like Brian one, Brian two or mm. something like that.
1: Yeah, we haven't we haven't like discussed that
2: at all. Like this is gonna be no. great. Yeah. You can call me Mr Peace. Oh. Miss Jackson Miss
0: Jackson if you're nasty. Ooh. Hi. Or, or Jackson.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> or or if you're just trying to make sure you get good presents, you can call him Santa. <clears throat>
1: oh my gosh. I got Here's a text that. message about that.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh also with us is Tim Grant.
3: Hello. I am not Brian.
1: Yeah. No. A, like pretty awesome. Could,
0: could you just call yourself Brian? Brian so we can uh, <laughs> save any confusion? Uh we are rolling for change. We're here to talk about our experience at PAX unplugged um which was really more an experience of going to reading station and just happening to discover that there was a a uh, game convention next door and checking it out
3: (laughs) Uh, i actually went for the foe yeah in chinatown that (laughs) yeah okay great foe in Mm -hmm. chinatown and i just happened to walk by and i just noticed there was a line of people going around four city blocks in downtown philadelphia and I said, man, where are they all going? Let me go inside and see what's, ha- what's going on.
1: I didn't do that. I followed the most <laughs> dapper person I saw. And that's how I got into Reading Station that morning.
0: <laughs> Seriously, Chris. the food in Philadelphia is fantastic. Absolutely. I, uh, yeah. I, I think I want to go to PAX Unplug again just at least 50% just so I can have the food again.
3: <laughs> so we went to... Uh, We went out to dinner one night with Doug Lovanowski, and he brought us to a place, none of us knew where we were going. This place was completely vegan, and it was a Chinese place. And it was, and its motto was, um, you'll never miss the meat. And it was absolutely true. I usually don't like vegan food. Uh, It was, it was fantastic.
2: Yeah. I had tofu so many ways there, And I thought, okay, this is going to go off the rails pretty quick. And every single thing I ate was just, okay, give me some more of that. Give me the next course. This is fantastic. And I have
3: those things that were like chicken nuggets again? Mm -hmm.
2: I know. and I don't know
3: what those were. I have no idea.
2: And I don't care. And we did a kind (laughs) of round robin style where nobody ordered a specific dish. Doug actually, we actually pressured Doug. We told him you're ordering all the stuff. He ordered all the things and we just took the plate and passed it around all the Doug, plates. Can you
3: please order for all of us cuz we have no idea what we're eating.
0: That was pretty much what it was. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: and w- and and the best part, what I I believe you were like I I don't normally eat like this, right?
0: Well, yeah, most definitely <laughs>
3: <laughs> I I have no idea what they'll order. I vowed
1: to follow Doug wherever he went to eat
0: after that. I mean, my motto is no meat, no mastication.
2: Uh, <laughs> W- Wait, what and- is largely a Mediterranean? Absolutely,
0: oh, Mediterranean.
3: Yeah. That makes yeah. more sense. Next time, I'll follow him to lunch. <laughs> All
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> you, you do pretty good because we found some really good food in, in Reading Station. Oh yeah, um, I love Reading, reading Station. I, I, it, I guess there's... Doug's new game is going to be uh, um, food on plates. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, that'd be nice. nice. Yeah. <laughs>
2: That now I would play the I would play the hell out of that game. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all won that game. I think yeah. so too. It's a cooperative game where we all win or we all lose. <laughs>
0: Kids yeah, so food. Doug if you if you're listening <laughs> thank you for uh, a wonderful <laughs> evening of uh uh very interesting and tasty food.
3: Yeah, definitely. We we actually went out to lunch with him on the last day before he left and uh that's exactly where we went. We went to the reading market and uh had lunch there
1: that's what i meant by vowed to follow him like yeah, yeah we went for lunch and i was like hey where are you guys going and they like separated because they didn't want like whatever he wanted and i just followed him
0: <laughs> where where did he end up eating uh indian food i got some non-out oh, see of it. that's it the great. one i missed i didn't get <laughs> indian food I, I had a lot of different nationalities while i was yeah. there man i got there and they were like we're out of this
1: this and that and yeah. I'm...
3: everywhere i went it was just like oh we're close and i was like wait what yeah
1: like I, I watched Doug order before me and order half of the things I wanted. And then when I went to ask him, I was like, no, we're out.
3: You can't have that. Doug had it.
1: Yeah. Doug took it <laughs> <laughs> out of like, I don't know, just mercy or something. He like
3: shared like half of his non. I was so happy. So once again, Doug, if you're listening, thank you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> half so, of non is still non. So <laughs> our, our basic rule of convention going right now, if Doug is there, follow the Doug. Follow, Follow the Doug. Doug,
3: Doug Knows Best.
2: Yeah, Doug, Doug, Doug Knows Best. Nice. I like it.
0: And Doug also had us uh, do some uh, playtesting of a, a game that was very interesting. I'm not sure if we're supposed to talk about it, but I just have to say that it was, it was a very awkward game for me. Really? I, I loved at times, it. At times. I loved it, and I also felt like I don't get this. I don't, I'm so, not one uh, of the cool kids.
3: I, I, oh. I actually playtested <clears throat> that before with uh with doug and a few other people and uh I, I felt the same way the first time the second way i i enjoyed it a little more
1: it's always interesting to watch people like tinker with their games in front of you
0: yeah it and, is
1: and like we're just gonna pull this apart real quick and you know it, it's kind of like how you imagine it would be like if you were in the falcon right you're in the millennium falcon it's breaking down it's there's just wires everywhere and let's fix this real quick. Like, that's what it felt like. We're going to fix this and it's going to fly. Don't worry about it. And
2: Hopefully. when it goes off the rails, you think, it's not my fault. Yeah, no, I didn't touch it.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, actually, I think that's my first play test I've been in with someone where we're kind of just like, okay, let's try it this way. Let's try it this way. Let's see these different ways. And we've even you know, had conversation about how how it feels to play the game and what kinds of changes you'd like to make. And that, that's kind of neat. I like the, the group collaboration sort of thing. I guess that's something that uh, Doug's really good at is uh, group collaboration. But that, that was that was a lot of fun. And, and there were a lot of things I really did like about the game. I just found it in my particular turn felt very awkward and unhappy.
1: <laughs> <Aww>.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I, we, we travel to Metatopia a lot. It's a game design festival in New Jersey, in, in Morristown, New Jersey and doug is usually there and uh we play tested plenty of, actually play tested kids on bikes with him when when he was first developing it and it's really interesting to see how games like evolve at, at the table sometimes and and sometimes just over a few years in development
1: yeah i mean tim using the royal Wii like that I I didn't get to play test anything with Doug until like this year, but I, I guess some people that have like years of experience under their belt
0: with him. I, I don't know. We've already spent the whole part, whole first part of the podcast name dropping Doug. So yeah, seriously, I, it's, it's, I it's do feel food. like
3: you should name this episode "Thank You, Doug" and not "Thank You, Pax." Yeah, 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 right. Yeah,
1: seriously, we spent so much time with him. That was a lot. That was a lot of food. Yeah, it was. Yeah.
0: So we did not go to Doug, Doug Con, uh, although I, I'm pretty sure I would go to that. Um, for those listening, we we went to PAX Unplugged, which is, as we said, it's in Philadelphia. It's in the convention center there, which is a huge convention center. It's so huge that PAX is only in a very small part of it, and you're not allowed in any other door. Um, it, 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 that that part was terrible, you know, standing out in the cold and waiting to get in. But once you're in, man, PAX Unplugged is is just amazing. So... Brian and I and Hostway um, were there the first year that Pax Unplugged released, and it was a very skeleton show. Like there was very few people there. Um, I can remember wandering the the main halls and and like there was just sparsely decorated with people. Nothing like it was this time. And uh, the, the growth of Pax has been amazing over the over the three years.
3: So I got to go the second year. That's the first year that I went, and, and Brian was with me as well. And it was maybe it, it felt smaller than this year but this year like it, for some reason the the show floor the expo mm-hmm. hall just yeah seems so huge
1: yeah yeah i
3: actually never got to see all of pax because no. i first of all most of the time i was i was working in a booth but besides that like i tried to walk around i couldn't like see everything
1: i was pretty much going through the same thing tim was going through but what I note for me, it felt like the expo hall huh, um, and like all the all the games and the tables. It was a lot easier to navigate that compared to the previous year. Um, and now it was just like, well, if you wanted to go to panels, I felt like it was harder for me to get to panels. Oh yeah, than it was the year before.
3: I couldn't find a room that I, I couldn't <laughs> find the room I was supposed to be talking on a panel
0: in. Mm, that took a while. <laughs> It, it's a big place. And, and, you know, if you if you're not careful and you come down at the wrong space, you're in you're in a space where you have to know nope, you have to go back upstairs, go across and then go back downstairs in order to get to the place you need to get to.
3: Yeah.
1: And all the names are made up stuff, right? Like, I mean, Crab I don't God, not yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So the people who actually work there, it's like, Crab God, what are you talking about?
0: <laughs> That's <laughs> <is laughs> the Roosevelt <laughs> Room.
1: Leviathan yeah. Theater? What?
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah, so I got a lot of like strange looks and sent in the wrong direction by the staff. It's not their fault. It's completely Pax's fault for making stuff up. But
0: (laughs) you know, it was fun. Yeah, yeah. So I I figured a a good idea would be to talk about you know the things that happened at. at, I mean, you're right. uh, There's no way you can see all of Pax. I think that's that's been my conclusion for a lot of big conventions. Like, obviously, it's true for Gen Con it's true for our own home planet here in Atlanta uh, Dragon Con and uh i i don't really feel like it was that bad at uh, Dice Tower Con but Dice Tower Con is almost completely just for people who want a game for 5 days um but th- these I mean, these kind like of expo based cons yeah. seem like they, they you just can't see it all you can't do it all although we gave it uh, we gave it a really good try We did, but you you think about this. Okay, so I'm not a Magic the Gathering player or a Pokemon Mm. player, and that's going on. I'm not a Miniatures player, and that's going on all over the place. And I didn't play—I maybe played 5% of the games that were new at PAX, maybe less than that, that were new at PAX, even at a a six-games-a-day sort of pace. Wow. Um, So I,
3: I will say, Woody, you played a lot more games than I did. I probably played Meeple Party for the entire time. Yeah, you did.
0: <laughs> I, I think yeah, you if you did. recorded your plays, you might break BGG.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! Right, Th- that—that's true. Tim was. Listen, I'll be honest. Um, Heather and Chris, hopefully you're not listening, but <laughs> I, you know, like I, I was like terrified of like being on the booth. Like it, it was really like like working the booth with them was amazing but you know scary scary for me as as a as a like the whole weekend really was.
0: Okay. But
1: um so whenever I could like just do something like work the giant version of Meeple Party, that's what I did. Yeah.
3: I, I believe it was Brian wants to go hide over by the giant game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm like hiding in that house. It's like I you know and I would joke around with people as they're walking by. I was like, oh this is my tiny home. Um this is where I sleep. Uh, you know, I couldn't get a hotel tonight. I'm staying right here, and you see, like the little kids look up at me and like, what? I was like, yeah. I put my pillow right here, and I lay my head in there, and it's okay. This is my blanket. You know, the the tablecloth.
0: I guess I didn't see the the larger Meeple Party booth. I just saw Tim sitting down playing Meeple Party with some people in the expo area. So, as as it was always meant to be.
3: Yeah, because apparently <laughs> that, that is where my home is. That's where I'm meant to be. I think I should go work a booth every time I go to any con now.
1: Was it
0: I'm, a good experience for you, Tim?
3: I I actually enjoy it. I like talking to people and I yeah. like to sell things. So it's like, oh, great. I'll tell you about this thing until you love it.
2: <laughs> That's kind of the way I am at Dragon Con now. I can't go to Dragon Con and not be on staff. I work for my son and daughter and I all work for the art show. And if I tried one year going as a non-staffer, just going to strictly enjoy the show. And I felt at loose ends most of the time.
3: Yeah. So for me, for the, the first year that I went to PAX, I absolutely hated it. I hated it. I, did, I, I felt like I was lost all the time. I, I enjoyed playing games, the games that I did play. But it was just it was exhausting for me the first day halfway through the day i was like i'm going back to the hotel and taking a nap i'm exhausted from all these people meanwhile i'm like but the panels the panels
1: (laughs) you know and i'm like going to like every panel all day every day that i was there and maybe some of my friends nudged me and i played a game with
3: them so for me like staying in a booth and being able to just like interact to for anyone that's interested in what's going on in that booth, yeah. I was like, "Wow, this is home for me. Like, I this is where I need to be."
1: And I instead went to the home, and I stood <laughs> there with the giant meeples, and
3: I, it was me and
1: the wallflower meeple, and we were just like hanging out together.
3: You were the, wild, the yep. wallflower, the yep. meeple.
0: So the sad thing is, I still haven't played Meeple Party. I don't really know anything about it, and I don't know if well, uh, I don't know how many of our you listeners like know what it is. So, oh, Tim, since you're, since you're the salesman here, can you tell us so, about Meeple Party?
3: Meeple Party is a game about all of us being roommates. And we're trying to throw a raging, kicking party. We're trying to make memorable moments by making photos throughout the night while avoiding disasters. And we will be welp- welcoming meeples throughout the night, inviting them into our home, and trying to have a good time. All right, I, I he, could keep going on, yeah. but I feel like this will be like a, a half an hour podcast and me just pitching this game. Yeah, so there's, there's two, <laughs> just there's two points. I, there's
1: two points for that. Point one: Woody is already on Amazon looking <laughs> it up as as he's want to do.
3: Thank you, Tim. This is by Ninth Level <laughs> Games, Heather O'Neill. I love you. Thank you for bringing us to to Packs Unplugged. Mm-hmm. Point two: We own no stock in Meeple Party in <laughs> <and> Ninth Level <laughs> Games, and yeah. Yeah, I I figured
1: we needed that disclaimer too, Tim. Wait, she didn't give you any stock? Aha, <laughs> uh-huh, okay. <laughs> oh, no. that's why they sent me to the. To the <laughs> I, I was calling it the big house. They're sending me to the big house.
0: <laughs> so aside from from uh, playing that game, uh, and and uh, obviously Brian, Peace, and I did not get to play the game. What else stood out to you guys about about the con? Was there anything that kind of really got your blood flowing and, I don't know, made you feel really passionate about something?
3: Uh, the panel, I would say. Uh, the yeah. panel was the most nerve-wracking, yeah. full of energy thing I've ever done in my life because I'm not used to, like, I'm used to talking to people a lot, but sure. I'm not used to talking to a lot of people at once. And oh, it's,
1: it's okay for you when they're all in that conga line at the at the booth, right? But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but
3: when, when they all come yes. at me like a mob, it's yeah. scary. Yeah. <laughs> so like you know we're sitting down and we're trying to get comfortable in the on stage waiting for our panel to start and the doors open up and it's like a flood conga line of people streaming in row by row filling up and the whole center starts to fill up and i'm like oh my god all right this is real this is real yeah
1: yeah this is the thing this <laughs> nerves
3: is are starting to work up yeah. okay let me just keep staring at these people so i could get used to it so i could just stop getting like so i could just get rid of these nerves throw them away and try to get excited for this and and, that was tough
2: and then woody and i walk in and like oh crap now we got to be on our a game
3: yeah well (laughs) yeah well that
1: was what happened i saw you guys walk in and i was like i I was no longer as jealous of your bags anymore because i was gifted a bag for my birthday thank you friends yeah, yeah, they're like they they like show up and they're like, Hey, I think you need this. I'm like, What what what? Like, yeah, we just got this for you and I'm like, Okay, I'm putting all my stuff in here right now. <laughs> like, everything. Um, yeah, I saw you guys walk in, that was like really cool. I saw um my friends walk in and it was just like, All right, I mean I'm I honestly was pretty nervous about this, but I think I was more nervous about having to help ninth level afterwards to run mazes. <laughs> because I've never really like I like I don't play um I don't GM like so I really don't like GM in that way and so it's like oh yeah after I'm completely drained from this panel let me go try to run a game that I don't know
3: because that's, that's how Chris a lot runs. that's a lot to do yeah, yeah. I, I I was loving the, the anxiety he, he was outputting because he was like, oh, my God, I have to run a game. And he's like, oh, my God, I don't know anything about this yet. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yep. And I kept waiting for that moment while I'll be able to like sit down and read. And that never happened. I was like, I just going to read the module. And like, I've already played it a little bit with Tim. So I kind of know the rules and I, you know, people were asking me rule checks and stuff. And I got it right. Like I knew some of the rules, <laughs>
3: Well, know. I'm glad I ran it for you for at least that, those two hours that we, we play tested it with just to get the, that fresh, like memory of how the game was supposed to be played <laughs> yeah. before we tried to run it. Yeah, we never ran it. <laughs> <laughs> so all those nerves were worked up for him. And we ended up running so late at the panel, talking to people afterwards, by the time we got there, they already had enough GMs to, to run it. And we get there and we just ended up sitting there and we're like, well, okay, I guess I'll be a ref and correct people on rules now.
2: Just so our listeners are aware of what they mean when they talk about the panel, um, they're talking about a panel called Play Therapy, the benefit of games for people with autism, which I've got to say was a fantastic panel. I was, yes, you. I was riveted by everyone speaking up there. I was like, yeah, teach me. T- teach me, Obi-Wan. You're my only hope.
3: <laughs> so, like, one of the, one of the greatest things that, that happened to me on the panel, I will say, uh, was talking about uh, nonverbal kids on the spectrum and how their parents may not know that they're trying to communicate by using sign language. <laughs> and the thing, the experience that I had with that is that someone right in the front row looks at me signs at me like yep yes yes that that is true and i signed back at him and it for me like i was like wow like that that felt really cool like to to have someone sign to me while i'm trying to to talk about this
1: yeah it was cool cause like i saw that out of the corner of my eye when i was going down and i was just like like wow like this is all going down and like you know it's all it's all playing out and i'm like oh well we're here, so let's just keep doing what we're doing, you know, and, and like i I appreciate you saying that, Brian, about the panel because we had a couple people tell us, you know it went well and everything like that, and I'm like,, yeah, I can't even feel it, like I don't know how it went like to me like i don't like I don't feel it like it's just it happened, and i'm I'm vaguely confused by it, you know, yeah. and it it's it's mainly because it's like hey, we really needed someone to have this conversation. And in the back of my head, I'm like, I thought this, I thought I was just repeating stuff
2: that other people are already talking about.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, that's, that's what threw me off.
2: There are a lot of, I've, I've heard different variations on that before, but the point is that there are different perspectives to approach that, that Mm -hmm. discussion from, and there's a, definitely a benefit, even if you do overlap from what other people have said of repetition and reinforcement
0: Mm.
3: yeah that that is true
0: yeah and hearing it from so many different voices in so many different ways it means we're going to keep a memory of it and we're going to see it you know as as brian said from from different perspectives but you know every one of us coming into the room and explaining you know what the elephant in the room looks like or who he is like or you know whatever we're all going to give a different kind of take on it and um you know I, i know that uh uh Brian, number two. I don't know. I know that uh, you, wow. for you, Brian. I know that you. Uh, <laughs> it's a bad. <laughs> I know that you. For you, you were really excited because you had just discovered some new information in the first place. So yeah. you're up there with a, a, like a an arsenal of new information as well as the the trepidation of being on stage, which is I, I gotta I gotta tell you, I was uh, just as uh, we, we've done it three or four times now. Um, or I've done it three or four times now. Um, at I've did it at Gen Con, I did it at Dragon Con, and I did it at Pax. Wow. And uh, it is a little bit nerve wracking, but but you brought new information. You were able to provide people with something that they weren't hearing from other people, I believe. And uh, I think that, I think that's what you should go away with is that that you you impacted people. People were writing down things you were saying. I saw that going on.
1: I was bugging out because like, in my part of the field i like some of the questions we were getting were very specific yeah. to specific parts of the field, and then it's like do I un- like you know you're on there and you're 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 trying to be mindful of everybody's time, and it's like do I unpack all of that right now in front of the rest of the audience so that they know what I'm talking about when I'm talking to this one person, or do I just answer as much as I can to this one person with the amount of time we have. Um, And that was, that was a very different balance to have to strike. Um,
3: Yeah. I think Heather did a great job at trying to moderate and, and control how long we were going on a subject, because I know me and Brian can go on a subject for like an hour straight. And we didn't want to like dominate anyone on the, on the stage. Uh, it, It was we wanted everyone to have a shared amount of time and that was very important to us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it it seemed like it balanced out pretty well. Um, and, and for those who haven't made it to a PAX unplugged, the one thing I really enjoy about PAX unplugged is that, you know, some of the stuff we're talking about can be kind of esoteric and not necessarily for every gamer that's listening or not necessarily for every gamer that plays games. But the fact that there is an audience there for these discussions, whether it's about autism therapy or growth, and the fact that there are people that are willing to take their time and talk about these things and and you know, provide us the face of a, a growing a growing field or subfield of psychology at this point, because you look around and there's a lot of us now. Um yeah. You know, just the fact that, that there's both spaces there is, is amazing to me. That's one of the things that endears PAX to me because the first year where I went, I just saw mental health panels all over the place. And I was like, wow, I've never been to a convention that gave so much credit to the field of mental health.
3: Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, it, the other cons I've been to, I you don't really see it that much. And at PAX Unplugged, it's it's really present.
1: We wound up well again with that Royal weed thing. It was just me; I was by myself. Um, <laughs> I was I was at the big house, and <laughs> I had this random couple come up to me, and we just started talking about accessibility and disability at the cons. had Had nothing to do specifically with the panel I, uh, I was on, um, but to just have that conversation and you know just have someone come up to you and have uh, have those kinds of talks while you're there, it's, you know, and I, and, I, and I thank them for the conversation too, because it, it was important for me to, to keep that in mind, because like, so for example, they were talking about wheelchair access mm-hmm. and the way we designed our office was with that in mind as well. Like we could have like cut some corners here and there and um, we were like, no, we, we you know, we told the, the people who designed our office for us, was like, we want it this way we want wheelchair accessibility. We want to be Americans with Disability Act compliant on everything. Mm-hmm. Um and it was it was a a conscious choice that we made and to hear those kinds of conversations coming up, um, and, and how what they go through based on what um con they go through, like they go to. And like like it, it was really enlightening in that way.
0: Yeah.
3: One thing that did uh, get brought up to me by someone that was in the crowd on the panel, uh, some an individual that had autism and they expressed to me uh, something that made me think about it afterwards a lot was uh, people with autism, you know, with, with sensory issues, may need more space and mm. may, may need their own area to go to, to try and escape You know the crowd or the lights, and Pax doesn't have that, especially at a a place where we're talking about autism. There's nothing for that there, and that's something I think. Actually, there is. There is. (laughs) Well, there is the the AFK room. Yes, but during the panels, there's no, there's nothing like that there for them. Sure, is what he was trying to. uh, Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Well, the the example that was given was. Like, essentially, I have sensory issues, um, and I am too shy to express this, and now I have this person, like, bumped up against me in a space where there's obviously room to spread out, you know, because, you know, we had people there, but it wasn't that many people, you know, yeah. like, um, so there was room to spread out, and he, it, 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 like, the person didn't feel like they had the voice to say that. mm and that that was a little disheartening it was yeah, good absolutely. it was good that they was willing to share that with us, but um, I don't like like we're having the conversation now, yeah, but how do we even have that kind of conversation like at the con for the con? you know
0: well, I think yeah. Pax is probably open to having discussions about i mean, obviously, if they're willing to put an a f k room in, uh, yeah. which for those who don't know, it, it's you know a f k room is a place to kind of go and just like be completely chill. It's the most boring room in. Packs, but it, it's manned by mental health professionals who have volunteered their time to uh, take care of people who are just kind of over their, you know, they've hit sensory overload or they've hit the point where they need that break. Um, the fact that PAX has that and the fact that PAX, uh will take the time to accept mental health panels, it shows that they're at least among the field of people who are creating conventions. They're willing to listen and, and see. So I, I would imagine there's some channel we can go through to kind of say, hey, you know, you haven't taken this into attack into account. Now, one thing I've seen, um, speaking of larger cons at Dragon Con, um,
2: you can get a badge that has a, um, a disability icon on it. It's a, spe- it's a specific one for people with disabilities so that people in the con know that you have a disability of some sort and they'll be accommodating to you. Um, one of the things they do, um, and uh, Woody can attest to this, because he's been with me to some of these shows, is that they have a special seating area, because, you know, they line people up yeah, to come into a panel, come into a show or something. And it's kind of, you're cramped into these lines, you're, you have to sit on the floor for an hour or so waiting to get in, because it's such a popular event that's going on, and you're crammed together in these spaces. And there are some people, like me, who have... You know degenerative knee and hip conditions i just can't sit on the floor or stand for an hour um i've never gone to get one of those i should but i haven't so far um because i'm i'm stubborn um <laughs> but they're special seating where you can go sit if you have space issues if you have um Physical issues that keep you from being able to stand or sit for extended periods of time in an uncomfortable space. Um, and then whenever you get inside, there are special places they take people who have disabilities who need to be accommodated. So Dragon Con, being a really large and long-term con, one that's been around for ages, has gone out of their way to make it as accessible as they can.
0: That's true. And-
1: Maybe that's the kind of thing we should be putting on our sites as well like, hey, keep this, like, you know, we go to these cons, keep this in mind, you, you know, and these cons, they have this kind of accessibility. So that like, like people who are like, you know, like what we were at the, the panel, the idea of just giving out resources, you know?
3: Yeah, that, I think that is something that we should definitely start doing, Brian, uh, is is putting those type of resources on for cons and um, cons that you could go to that do have this accessibility that would be really interesting and and resourceful for other people.
2: Yeah, no, we went Woody and I tried to go to a parsley game um <laughs> while we were there and we're oh. standing we're standing in line. We're thinking we're standing in line to be led to where the parsley game is going to happen. But no, the line was to play. So you get to the front of the line, you give your command, they tell you what happens, you walk to the back of the line, rinse and repeat. Just keep going through the line and everyone gives a command and I'm thinking I can't stand here in a line taking a step or two at a time for an hour and a half or so, however long it's going to take to play this game. I just physically can't do that,
0: yeah, have you guys played parsley? I love it okay I just look,
1: when you mentioned Parsley, I just looked at Tim and I was just like oh this this is this is gonna take a turn
2: yeah <laughs> well, for our listeners who don't know that if you've ever played something like Zork which is the most popular of them, the most well-known. It's kind of like that. It's like a, one of those text adventures where they describe that you come up to a, you come up to a house. There's a gate in front of you and a mailbox and you type in open mailbox. Inside the mailbox is a pamphlet. Take pamphlet. You now have a pamphlet and you just keep typing these commands. Um, open gate. You open the gate.
0: Good for for those who who uh, <laughs> uh, are used to graphics and things of that nature, there was a time in, in, far in the past when computers didn't have such great graphics, and so people did it with text, and they created text puzzles, and, and really puzzles that were limited by the computer's ability to actually uh, identify what you're saying in the first place. So there were two word, usually two word entries that you could give, and now we've taken all those two word entry text adventure games and turned them into role-playing games sort of kind of um but this was done very badly you know lining up and then going to the back of the line
3: <laughs> it sounds like <laughs>
0: <trap>. <laughs> going to the back of the line and having to try to hear the guy again uh, oh god was, i couldn't
2: even hear him from the back of the room i'm like okay i yeah. have no idea what's happening what did he not kind of leash each other he said are you thinking what i'm thinking i said time to take over the world brain no no time to leave time to leave the room Yep. do all, all right Ned, Brian what are you thinking
0: and i, I think that's the, the point our... that we, that we came upstairs and hung out with you guys yeah are you serious that was that was perfect that was at this con yep <laughs> yes that was that was at this
2: con we went to the we went to that game and we were just we as one we as one mind looked at each other and said no
0: no we're out not that's it yeah <laughs> this ain't the way and then we found you guys and we got to play some games and that was awesome
1: you know yeah. that's the only time I really got to play games the whole the whole weekend. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> yeah, it was.
3: It really was. Uh, so so for all of you that are wondering who or what we actually were playing, it was we started off with Rhino Hero by Haba.
2: Rhino yes. Hero Super Battle. Yes. Su- oh sorry, oh, oh, super oh, corrected.
3: Don't. Brian, Brian was keeping track in that game. <laughs> yes, I was. So, he was keeping keeping track of the ground level. hmm
2: Drew me right. Uh-huh.
1: The, I think there's a, bu- a bus park there too.
2: I, I, I encouraged you to find your own form of expression through self destruction. E- <laughs> I don't think I need that help. Hey, who was the greater fool, the fool or the fool who followed him? I think the monkey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that the monkey, monkey had
0: was... it falls. <laughs> The one who's just barely hanging on and keeps falling yeah. from three, three, oh
1: two, three my stories gosh. up. Gosh. I, listen, I have no clue how Woody got out of that every time. That was like...
2: Because, okay. because the two of you kept crashing the building before it got to his turn. No, no, wow! <laughs> I mean, I'm only speaking truth.
1: Listen, Brian, I'll take it from for, for this game, but that Texas Hold'em game, you thought you were going to run away with that. I true, was so... running
2: away with that until I wasn't. Mm-hmm. yep and then
1: the, the 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 pact of brian was forged
2: yes i didn't like that pact <laughs>
0: i thought it was incredibly fun
1: <laughs> it worked out
0: yeah for that so time did it worked out for me in the rain for those who haven't played Haba games Haba games they're made for kids basically but they are really great adult games especially if you can kind of get into the spirit of the thing and this is a stacking game in which you're stacking buildings up to god knows where and yep. uh, you're trying to keep your character so on the top to, to uh, successfully win the game. And now whenever
2: uh, he says b- making buildings, that's a disnomer. Uh, that's a misnomer. <laughs> it's, uh, you, you have these cards that are folded in half, card stock. And yeah. you're trying to stack other cards on top of the card stock to make a makeshift building and then put wooden meeples on top, hang monkeys off, hang cardboard monkeys off the side and pray to God or whatever th- being you worship that you're not the poor schmuck who knocks the damn thing over.
3: Is that why I kept falling? Because I prayed to Cthulhu?
2: Cthulhu! Yes, that's literally his whole point is to destroy crap.
1: Oh my gosh, that explains so much. You know, we there, there's pictures of us playing that. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Oh
0: yeah, but, oh yeah, I have. yeah. Um, I took one, one of my favorite of pictures ever is when you when you're trying to really just mess things up for me.
2: Yep, <laughs> and my and that one is a favorite picture. My second favorite picture is this picture, this fantastic picture I got of Woody giving both of us an eat crap and die look through through the building. I need to see that picture.
3: <laughs> oh,
1: that looks that. Oh, I need to see that. Um. Well, so Brian, I got, I we we took some pictures, right? And then I got this random message with the picture sent to me and asked me who's Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: like,
1: I'm like what are you talking me. about? <laughs> well, I, obviously they meant you, yes. But I'm like, what? Like, because at first I'm like. What kind of what kind of like quest adventure is this? It's like am I am I trying to find out like the nature of Santa Claus or something? Because like it was like a random message. I then I looked at your picture and I I saw why.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it, it's really interesting to be with with Brian as we go through this con and as as I go through different experiences because people recognize him as Santa Claus and it's this whole different personality takes over and he becomes a different person for a little while and and interacts with them in a way that. You know, you or I wouldn't be able to because we don't have, we're not part of the Santa Corps. Uh, so it, it's just really, it's it's like a, it's otherworldly sometimes.
1: Hold on, because I, I think you just like threw me off there. If I would have known about this ahead of time, and I would have been like, you know, hey Santa, what are you getting me for Christmas? Would he have been like a little bit nicer to me in the game?
2: <laughs> well, oh hell no.
3: <laughs> Santa's not that nice
2: uh, You're not a child I And you're said, not on the good list Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, 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 I thought that's where he was going with it No, I would have said oh, 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 No way I'm about to give you a Santa beatdown Bitch <laughs> That's what I would have said
3: about
1: to get a santa beat down yeah, it does go
0: there. <laughs> seriously <laughs> oh, my oh my god okay um, <laughs> so yeah we had that that moment of getting to play games that night uh we played uh hop we played the super rhino hero battle and we played uh texas shootout uh which is a great little trick-taking game um had a great time uh that was one of my favorite moments of the con actually Um, i
1: really like that game i really like playing that game with you guys
0: yep um but uh you know in terms of uh, you know we're rolling for change so we talk about moments of change or moments that that sort of spawned a sense of growth or at least spawned a a moment of bleed through in which we had to kind of confront ourselves and i was wondering if anybody here in this discussion had uh, had any moments like that any rolling for change moments
3: I, I would say at the panel, I mean, the, the panel made me feel like I, I got rid of that imposter syndrome, you know, like yeah. that I am not like not good enough to do what I'm doing. You know, it it felt really good to be on stage and have people like come up to me and ask me things about what we do and say that, you know, I wish you guys went on for two hours instead of one hour. Uh, that felt really good to me.
2: Yeah, it feels really good to break through that imposter syndrome issue.
3: Yeah,
1: I um, I think for me, like one of the, the one of those moments was a couple of hours before, where we're like strolling with Jack, just like wandering uh, the streets as we do, and uh, we're like, "Hey, we're gonna go get some lunch." All right, fine, we're gonna go get some lunch. Out of nowhere, Doctor Megan like appears like like just like randomly pops up out of nowhere and like she sees jack and you know they start talking and we, we decide okay we're just all gonna go get lunch together and we're all sitting down and we're talking and a couple of game designers from metatopia um uh, recognized me and they you know they're sitting with us too and we're, we're uh i actually wind up thanking them in the blog post that we're about to um release um and there's this moment where it's like, Oh, we're all going through the same stress of trying to make this thing work. Yeah. Yeah. You know?
3: So for all all the people that don't know who Jack and Dr. Megan are, <laughs> would you like to elaborate a little more? No. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, those if that was a segue, I, I'm not good with those.
2: Well, if they've been listening for a while, they know who Jack Birkenstock is. He's a friend of the show.
0: Right, we've talked to Jack uh, before about the Bodana group. He is, the, uh, I guess, the founder of uh, Bodana. Um, And he was also a part of uh, several uh, really good uh, mental health-based panels. Tim, would you like to talk about Dr. Megan?
3: (laughs) Go on.
1: No, you're the one who, like, sells things. So, so, Doc,
3: sell us Megan Connell. Connell. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't know who she is. There is a thing called Google. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Woody, Woody's going to carry it. Woody, Woody feels like he has to carry it.
0: <laughs> it's okay, Woody, we'll wait. I, I'm not carrying this. I, I, just, <laughs> I just met Megan Connell at PAX Unplugged, and it was my first time getting to talk to her. And the one thing I'll say about her, she her business card included a set of dice. <laughs> And I've what? never you, seen that happen before. Wait,
3: you got a business card with dice?
0: Yeah, it was in a in a, a little pla- a little yellow sleeved bag, and it was her card and a, a set of all the dice you need to play uh, most role playing games. We did not get that.
1: Yes,
3: I'm very disappointed.
1: We get, we did not get that.
3: Now no? everyone does have to go to Google. No, yeah, no, 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 no. no.
1: <laughs> did you ask for her card? <laughs> oh Brian
2: why you hit so strong? No, I did not. Oh fuck. no, I meant did. Ugh, never mind. I was not trying to hit you jerk face.
0: <laughs> oh, you're trying to hit them.
2: Yes. <laughs>
0: I five to fire. Yep. Got that.
1: <laughs> so so we're all talking and um and there there's just this moment where like, it hits that, crap, like, yeah, me and Tim are hustling and we're struggling to try to get this like stable and get it moving. And well, guess what? You're in good company because so everybody else. You know, it was, it was a, it was a good, it was good for me to see that like we're on the right track. And this was before the panel, you know, that we're right, we're on the right track. Uh, The kind of problems we're having are problems that anyone who's starting a new business will have. And the the problems that we're having is the the same problems that anyone's trying to, like, hustle in in therapy will have, you know, like, hey, you got to get clients. You got to figure out how you're going to get that to work and how to keep everything, like, floating along, you know. Um, And then we went to the panel and my mind was blown. So, (laughs) yeah, there was that. (laughs) It was like the... For me, at the panel, it was those couple of moments where, where I knew that this is a conversation we need to be having more for different branches of the field, because we were getting questions from like people who who knew about education, who knew about ABA services, who knew about these all these other services, that unless you're working in a part of the field where they all intersect. Yeah, you're not going to know how to respond to those questions.
0: Yeah, it's amazing to me, you know, as a result of being part of Rolling for Change and, and, and you know, put, and talking to all these different people, I have learned that there is a large group of us who are trying to find ways to sort of suss out the, the therapeutic impact of, of our hobby, of board gaming, of role-playing games, of LARPs, of whatever it might be. Uh, and that's almost why Rolling for Change exists in the first place. And Going to these these conventions, particularly PAX Unplugged, has been enlightening, and it's made me feel like I'm not I'm not alone in this. You know, this is something really happening. It's not just not just some weird fever dream I had one night and I woke up and apparently everybody had the fever dream. We all woke up at the same time. We're all trying to find each other. It's like some kind of weird science fiction movie. Um, Did you have the dream? No, you didn't have the dream. Okay, I'll keep looking. Uh, and so now it's our job to sort of tell the world about our dream and to make it happen. And I, I'm so excited to see people um, like Dr. Megan Connell, who's sitting up there and talking about um, her work. Um, you know, for those who don't know Megan Connell, she's board-certified psychologist. She practices in North Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, she hosts uh, Geeks Like Us, and she does Psychology at the Table. And she's the game master for clinical role, for God's sakes, which is someone i mean she's doing the gm work for a bunch of therapists so she's she's in our wheelhouse she's doing the stuff we're we're talking about here and and it's fantastic to meet more people that are are involved in this process and she's cooler than us because she's been on geek and sundry there you go actually i didn't know that <laughs> So, Dr. Connell, if you're listening, uh, we look forward to having you on the show sometime in the future, so you can explain so, more about the stuff you do. So, uh,
3: Megan, we do love you.
1: Yep, yep, we do. And I just want—I'm um, going to send the pictures that we just took to um, to Woody, so he could do whatever he wants with it. Which is of the timestamp where he finally broke and felt like he had to like explain you, and then of the pictures of me and Tim smiling when it happened. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that was my favorite moment yep. oh this good
2: you see. oh by the um, way um you should have those pictures now of the game of the rhino hero game i sent them to you <laughs> thank okay. you so much
1: so it was 48 minutes and one second oh perfect yeah perfect yeah i mean it's all well, right the, that might not be accurate no that's not accurate the breakdown ha- started happening a little no, bit i mean sooner. it might not
2: be accurate cause, i mean might have to add some music uh, the Oh, There's gonna be
1: a lot of editing he's gonna just edit like i will he's gonna edit like three minutes out to make it look like he said it immediately after
2: i will say by the way the the thing that bothered me about how pax did the uh, mental health Um, panels this year is they freaking overlapped so many of them yes yes one of them would have half an hour left over and the other one would be starting and I'm like why are you doing this
1: yeah um, we we really like i i wasn't able to hit up any panels because like that's how busy we were kept yeah um but i did have a comp- uh, you know talk to adam um and i talked to jack you know and i I think you guys even said the same thing where it was exactly what you're saying now well there's a panel going on ex- at the same time and i'm like yeah cool but you know you're right i i didn't realize that that was happening on multiple panels
0: i you know i didn't realize it was that bad well so let me play devil's advocate just for a minute for pax um, not that I necessarily know what their method behind their madness is, but I, I believe that if you're trying to put together this this plan to have all of these things going on at the same time, of course, it's not just a clinical convention in any sense. there there's a like maybe a uh, maybe ten percent of the panels were were related to uh, some kind of clinical uh, thing. Um, I don't know how to dot those across the time because you've also got big things like, like um uh, dice tower that's there, and shut up and sit down that's there, and I'm sure that there were other big groups that are there that do uh big podcasts or or you know play a big role in the board gaming community, so I don't know how to dot it around it it's nice, I guess that there's choices uh just for me as a mental health professional, I wanted to see it all, but it you know it's not really a mental health con, and if you think about it, if you were to go to like APA you wouldn't be able to see everything there either there would always be somebody up against somebody that was a similar of similar ilk so
2: yes if you went to APA it's all one thing there's no way you can see everything you want to see that way but if like you said it's only 10% of their programming maybe don't overlap them
1: yeah I don't I mean we when we were at Metatopia I mean, we had a panel like at 11 o'clock at night, right? Like is that. Is that what, it was, it was like, 10 in the morning wow.
3: and then 10 at night, 10
1: in the morning, 10 at night. And I'm like, yeah, hey. you know, like, like obviously from us, like the two of us, anything we say doesn't matter. Like we just, we, we just get what we get, you know? But, um, the, the one thing that did throw me off was that ours wasn't recorded. Oh, and so, okay. uh, luckily we had a friend of ours in the crowd who was able to just you know with their new iphone apparently uh-huh. was able to get a good recording going
3: yeah with audio well enough to be able to hear it all
1: yeah so we're hoping to um make tim uh <laughs> fix it up a little bit and put it on
3: on like youtube you're asking for a lot now <laughs> no but i i will be trying to, to fix it up I, I might be putting it up on youtube and and definitely on our site uh, it's currently up on its raw form on Facebook if anyone wanted to go check it out nice
2: cool cool okay my rolling for change moment by the way now that Excellent. We've, uh, yeah now that we've left the silliness behind sure not oh. even remotely not even remotely left it behind um I had a friend who I haven't seen in years just happened to be at the con and she found out through Facebook I was there and she wanted to meet up Um, since my wife wasn't there, she didn't get to see her, which my wife was, you know, like, Oh God, just give her a hug for me. And she just got married about a month ago. Congratulations, by the way, again. Um, and she has two stepchildren, one of whom is on the spectrum. Hmm. And so of course she, she says, can I tell my stepkids that we're going to play games with Santa? And I said, sure, of course. <laughs> so these kids show up. The daughter, oh my God, she's like giving me fist bumps and goofing off with me from the minute she meets me. She acts like she's never met a stranger in her life. The son is very standoffish. He hides behind dad a little bit, doesn't want to have much to do with me. And, you know, I tried to reach out to him a little bit. And then whenever he backed off, I backed off to And I said, okay, cool. Let's just sit down and play a game. And I was in character from, for the most part, and um, it's very difficult to stay in character whenever you're hanging out playing a game with some friends, too. Mm. But I pulled it off for the most part, especially where the kids were concerned. Everybody called me Santa the whole time we were there. She only slipped up once and almost called me by my name, got out the uh, the first consonant, oh, Santa. <laughs> And we played uh, my first Stone Age with them, and we played this uh, German game, Schmatzpatz, which is about fe- uh, adult birds feeding baby birds, which they loved. And over the course of just interacting with this, this child over a game, by the end of the two games, he came over, sat in my lap, and wanted pictures made with us making silly faces. Yeah, And that it, felt fab fabulous. And yeah. that interaction might, it might have because I'm an awesome Santa, but, <laughs> um, it might not have happened quite so seamlessly, quite so effortlessly without a game between us for him to get a feel for me. You know, that's,
0: that's really a good cool. point yeah. too, because, uh, games do that. They, they, they at least tie us together for a moment or two. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he, he really got into what was going on with both games. I mean, at, at one point at, with the other game, he kind of got tired of it. But we also didn't play t- – we we played to the end. Uh, I won the game, which I felt kind of bad because uh, I'm playing with kids and, and should I be the best I can be when I'm playing with kids? But I was. And uh, then the little girl's like, well, I want to keep playing until somebody else wins too. I'm like, good, okay, good. We've solved that problem. We don't have to have the – I'm upset about being beaten – Kind of thing. But I think he got tired of it after that. Um, and that was when we, we uh, got spots and shots and pots. And I don't know what that is. Schmott spots. Schmott, Schmott spots. Um, both both two really cool little kids games also. Yeah. Uh, a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, the thing was, she didn't necessarily want to play. You know, Dad thought she wanted to play until she won. But she wanted to keep going until one person was the definite loser.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think... <laughs> I, I think probably him getting out early was probably a good idea because, he, unfortunately, he's going to be the definite loser <laughs> of the game, anyway. Um, if I'm yeah. not
2: mistaken, that wound up being me. Did it? I think so. Okay. Did
0: the kids feel bad? Once I won, I didn't care anymore.
3: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was Santa's present.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, Santa's present. I am the biggest loser. Goodbye. <laughs> Is, is that how
1: Woody was winning games? Yep. No. <laughs>
0: it's December. Yeah. Th- th-
1: you know, know, it was, Brian was just like, you know what? I'll sheer skill
0: and no shaky hands. <clears throat> <laughs> <clears> throat> throat> <laughs> <laughs> mm. And
1: and a, a, I, a good dose of luck. Yeah, I'm gonna board up your, your meeple next time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Completely hide that behind like walls and windows. So uh I- my my change moment or my rolling for i had a few f- rolling for change moments one of the nice things about uh conventions like PAX is you have this big area that's first look area you get to see all these great new games man it was just great to walk around and see all the all the pretty new games oh my god but uh i'm not a particularly outgoing person i, I think i do a really good job when it comes to games i become very outgoing um but uh being able to play with strangers is is always a growing edge for me and uh um of course, Brian was there with me, I think every time I played with strangers, but uh getting a chance to interact with some other people and and talk with other people about how they're you know what kind of games they're enjoying and what they're doing um that was that was a lot of fun, and uh just getting to see some of the new stuff was was really awesome um but I think the the biggest moment of having to kind of confront myself was playing kids on bikes on. Friday morning when we got there's the first thing we did after waiting in line forever was playing kids on bikes. And it's like an eight person game of hit kids on bikes it was really kind of overwhelmingly large to me. Um but there were times in that game and I, I kind of realized this about kids on bikes and I, I think I even said it when I put it in the post this morning cuz I had just released uh the the discussion with J- Doug Lavinsky this morning. Um but I kind of realized that kids on bikes it holds this place to allow a chance for you to go back and kind of uh, uh, kind of uh, express yourself as the child you were or the child you wanted to be um, in terms of, you know, you play a kid or you play a teenager most of the time in, in Kids on Bikes. And a lot of that seems to be about kind of getting back to the space where you can be that person again and have those, like, relive some experiences that you wouldn't have lived otherwise, obviously because it's fantasy, but also because you're you're projecting your your younger self or your teenage self into this character and even though i'm sure i didn't look like i was doing a lot of role playing in my head i was doing a lot of role playing and i had to kind of confront myself as teenager and uh that that had some some momentary uncomfortableness to it and some momentary power to it and uh i I really appreciate they've got chance to play kids on bikes again i think i will always appreciate the chance to play kids on bikes yeah
1: I I love like that mixture between, like impulsiveness and fearlessness, right? mm. Like like we when you're like looking back and you're, you're playing that game and you're trying to find that balance, I I think it is it has a lot of like like just subtle beauty beauty to it.
3: I do think we're gonna have to change the name of this podcast to the Doug Lobanowski
0: Show. Oh wow, you're right. We had another <laughs> Doug drop. <laughs> Well, it was sandwiched to Doug here. You know, he dug at the dug at the beginning, dug towards the end. It's
3: come for full circle. It's a Doug
0: sandwich. <laughs> yeah, it it's a vegetarian Rolling. Doug sandwich. Uh- <laughs> Rolling for Doug.
3: Aww. Rolling for Doug. Mm.
0: Nice. <sighs> I
2: will say the Holy. stepping aside from this a bit. Um, I was talking to Woody about this um, on the way back from Pax, and. Uh, as our listeners may know, um, I'm kind of obsessive a little bit. Um, I am actually diagnosed as obsessive-compulsive, but I do record almost all of my gameplays. Oh, nice. Um, this, over the course of 2019, has been the fourth most number of games I have played in one month. <laughs> in one weekend. Um, in June, I did 22. In November, I played 19. In February, I played seventeen, and over the course of this convention, I played fourteen games. Yeah, one of them yep. twice, and that was Rhino Hero Super. <laughs> Rhino Hero, I was yeah. Saying,
1: I, I think we played
3: that <laughs> twice. Yeah. Yep. Because it was that fun.
2: <laughs> and I only played, I think, two games that I was just like, one was just not my style, and the other one was, uh,
0: no. What was the Did one? Oh, I know the one that was wasn't your style. Is the nineteen forty one? Yeah, nineteen
2: forty two. USS yeah. Yorktown, which is a yeah. good game, It's just not my thing.
1: I, I want to say thank you for inviting us to Icarus, um, yes. even though we couldn't make it. Mm-hmm. How was it?
2: Oh, it was so good.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Uh, do you want to? Do you want to talk a little bit about your experience with Icarus? I just got mine in, yeah. in the mail today.
2: <laughs> okay, so. It's one of those games very similar to um to other games we played where it's it's a co- cooperative storytelling thing where in this case you're you're talking about the fall of an empire, the fall of a civilization. Um, and you're coming up with what this civilization is, what they're called, different aspects of the civilization. You choose a character to play. But also that character's aspect. So you could be taking your turns as that particular character, or as the aspect that they control. Um, for instance, the person who was running the game decided to uh, play the the leader of the um, of the civilization. But she also was second in command. The, well, she was playing the leader, but also his daughter. The daughter was her main character, who was his yeah. second in command. But she also represented the aspect of law and in this in this civilization the the law is the leader cannot be questioned the yep. lead the, the fearless leaders word is law um my aspect was um well I'm trying to remember now or education because Ministry of I, education I, or was professor edu- was education. education? I was, yeah, I was professor of um, herbomancy. Yes, um, this this civilization we decided was a sci- psionic um, in nature. And Woody was the ministry of uh, of communication, and yes. he was the uh, you were the the minister of communication. He was the guy who came up with the the verbal language.
0: Yeah. And so was, uh, yeah, they 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 didn't. Language was a new thing, and it's because psionics was dry, dying off, so I was developing verbal language for the first time, and uh of course some people thought the cool kids were doing it, and some people thought, no, 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 that's a bad thing. And they had their dictionary, of it which he came up with, of
2: terms, but as— all new languages do. And as all languages do, they started, it started evolving right away with the younger generation, picking up the language much quicker, especially people who were born without psionic abilities and making up their own slang, which allowed them to covertly question the leader. Yes. Wow. And yes. the problem was they were on Mars and we did, and over the course of the game, it was discovered that the leaders were building a, a monument in the center of the city to not to try to stave off a radioactive wave that was coming through because herbomancy, the practice of psionic um, forestation, was since there were since psionics was dying out, they were losing more and more people to be able to keep their forests up, and so this, as a result of that. The um, atmosphere started thinning as a result of that more, um, a, uh, a, a solar, um, solar wave sent radiation down to the planet, which started killing off all the vegetation. So in order to boost their, their waning psionic ability, the government decided to build a monument in the center of center of the main city. And as a last ditch effort, they decided to screw the rest of the planet and just save themselves. So Woody is on led, the side- Led by
0: Brian's character.
2: <laughs> aided and abetted by Brian's character. <laughs> um, I, being the minister of education, was trying to keep this, the severity of the loss to a minimum. Um, Woody's character, being the director of communication, had become very close to the people, or as we viewed them, the rabble. <laughs> because without psionic abilities, they're lesser than. They're a lesser group of people because they lack this thing that is very integral to our our um our civilization. So that sounds awful. So we decided <laughs> so we decided to take all the all the most powerful psionics with us and just escape the planet. The fearless leader was left behind because, well, we wanted to run things where we were going so we left his sorry butt behind gathered ourselves up into one building and used all of our pent-up psionic ability all that ganged up psionic ability to put a dome over ourselves keep some atmosphere in and leave toward the next planet over what the...
0: Oh, shit. so the the things that you might need to know about the game is that there's always tower in the center the tower is the dice and so as you're playing the game you're adding dice to the tower so that you're, you're you're in a stacking game a little bit It's a stacking game and a role-playing game or uh, and a storytelling game. And so that you're every time you fail at one of your story attempts, at one of your attempts to make the story go in the direction you want to, it you add a die to the pile. And so I think we got up to maybe seven dice altogether before it fell. Um, but the it's always gonna fall. so that's that's the way the game works. It's always about you know flying too high hitting the sun and burning and falling down and uh, it, it's a spectacular crash basically because you're working towards the death of your society even though you're not planning to it's the the, the game is set up that way you cannot get it. there's no way you're going to come out of this alive so you're you're always playing in kind of this existential dread sort of space where you're trying to keep yourself alive for all of this time um and and the environments that you can use are are multiple i mean you can just pick any environment you want to and, and create the story around that environment and this one just had happened to be one of the story prompts in the book for for mars um but i, I understand there's a lot of other possibilities there
2: oh yeah the nice thing well, about we... it by the way that the thing that kind of wrapped it up nicely made everyone at the table just so pleased was the name of our people were the lithus and the people who were born or became Devoid of psionic abilities, were called the Neolithus, and I, the, fear, the, the new leader Marduk, took, the, took our lithus to the planet Earth, and eventually, because the atmosphere was so thick and not as well popula- not as well suited to us, we all became Neolithus. Huh.
1: <laughs> Oh, <laughs> it <all> burn! <laughs> I would have loved to watch that.
0: It's a fun game, and it's it's really yeah. easy. And this is a ninth level game, by the way. So we're we're touting ninth level again. Yeah. Um, or is it Ninth Level? No, it's Renegade. I'm it's sorry, renegade, it's Renegade. Renegade, Renegade. I was about to say I, will, I was in that booth. I will that whole cut out the statement that it was Ninth Level. It's Renegade. <laughs> I don't remember Tim
3: well, selling
1: a copy.
0: No, we, of that. we
2: were we were in tables right next to Ninth Level, and we were there visiting Ninth Level and Renegade yes, at the same yes. time. And that's why I got confused. Poor Woody's old. His 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 memory's fading.
3: Mm. I, I will say, you sold me on this game, and I'm going to buy this. Now. Oh, it's
0: so yeah, good! Seriously. It's so good. Yeah, Doug had sold me on it, so here we go, Doug. Um, Oh, Doug had sold me on it, and so that's why I played it. And then once I played it, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is this is going to go in the go in the ownership pile. Is Doug is Doug is Doug going to become the new Rolling for Change Monopoly? No, he's the mascot of Rolling for Change. Oh, there we go. Oh, but yeah, you might be right. We might need to take a shot every time we talk about Doug Lewandowski. Yeah. You should you should get
3: like a a theme song like the circle of Doug.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or just a little sound bite that says, It's Doug. Oh my
2: gosh. Here we dug again. (laughs) Oh
1: god. It's like it's like a door opening somewhere, right? Like you just hear the door open and then it's like
2: (laughs) Yeah. Or a doorbell ringing, Doug Dong. No, wait, that doesn't sound right.
0: I I think we've hit the Doug Advent Horizon. Oh, no. It's one of those don't save us, save yourself.
3: (laughs) Don't save us, save Doug.
0: Yes, from us, apparently. That's the thing about Icarus all you have to do is save Doug, everybody else can die. So, so Doug is our Kalel. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
1: oh, oh. <laughs> I'll Have to just shoot him off by himself somewhere. Doug L. <laughs> Doug, L. <laughs> Doug L. Doug L. Doug hey, L. Yes. He, we're gonna call him that one day. He's not gonna know what we're talking about. He will
3: if he listens to <laughs> this.
1: That's right. Yeah, I'll listen. wait a year.
2: I'll wait a year. <laughs> See later on, we're gonna mess with him and call him Doug L.
0: And he's gonna say, "Why? You don't listen to our podcast." I knew it. <laughs> well, what I'm going to do is when it, when I release the show, I'm just going to add Doug to it without saying anything about what the show's about. <gasps> <gasps> oh, nice. <laughs> Merry guess, Christmas, Doug.
3: Dan, Brian. We <laughs> love you, Doug. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Rolling for Doug. <laughs>
3: Oh my gosh,
0: this is great. <laughs> so, so coming, I'm I'm gonna take in another direction now. So, coming out of Pax Unplugged, what are, was there something that motivated you, or something that that pushes you in a new direction as a result of your time there? Uh, I know I have my answers, but uh, would love to hear from other people.
3: Well, it got me uh, ready to start writing again for for the blog. So soon as soon as I came back, I was like, I I got to write about my experience so yeah it's motivating me to to get writing
1: yeah in some way some ways we came back hitting the ground running um i honestly thought we were going to be wiped out for a good day or two i mean and we are like we're exhausted but um no we showed up to work on time like the next morning and was just like right back at it um
3: yeah until (laughs) i think we stayed from like nine to nine yeah it was
1: like we were still working the booth that's what it was (laughs)
3: Um, it, it,
1: it helped me like, think, I think we're thinking about things a little bit differently and, and like, like we know what direction we want to go in and it's like, well, if we could do this, if we were able to like survive this, like in all honesty, even get to this con, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Um, all these, these other things that we're working on, they're going to get done. It's just a matter of time.
0: Yeah. Well, I will say that, uh, coming out of this, I mean... Pax Unplugged is is kind of a battery charger for me, just in the sense that it's good to, it's good good to see all you guys who are working on making games an integral part of therapeutic practice, and so I, I try to figure out well where do I fit in this picture. Obviously, I'm I'm uh, we're, we're working on a show here to develop the voice of uh, the voice of a nation that doesn't exist, I guess, but also uh, the idea that where I where do I fit in. It becomes, you know, what is what is my part of this elephant that that we're trying to uncover or create or whatever it is, um, and I, I come away with a, a strong sort of passion and push for not only you know talking to more people about their experiences of games and and uh, about their you know sort of growth as a result of confronting games. Um, but also the idea that i need to write more i have i have more writing ideas that i had before and i have more of a channel uh, that is going to be sort of the woody side of this therapeutic monster that we're trying to create um and and that's really exciting to come out motivated you know there's some conventions where i'd come out just completely beat and there's always the kind of letdown when you leave a con but at least this one there was the letdown and now there's the like the intense motivation to do something to do something real, to do something meaningful and to uh, sound my, my own personal voice into the void here. So uh, I come back with just a lot of motivation to, to put the woody spin on things.
2: <laughs> nice. What, ta- what I take out of stuff like this, I mean, I like being able to go to this con cause I meet, I meet really interesting people at this particular con there. There are some cons like Gen Con that I go to for the spectacle, um, Atlanta game fest that I go to strictly to play games. Um, dragon con I go to for the family time cause my children and I both work the same area, but this one is one where I get to kind of go and talk shop a little bit and play games and go for the, um, the demos of games, the kind of the spectacle part of it, it kind of hits all those areas in a smaller way. So I'm not focused on any one thing. And that's an unusual situation for me is to not be focused on one particular aspect of the convention for the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. And also gets I also get some fantastic tools to take back with me. Basically a teacher is half is like 90% teacher, 10% therapist anyway, sometimes. And mm. a lot of the tools we learn at these things, especially this one, where we, uh, part of what we did was dealing with autistic students, almost, like half of my classes are, um, are co-taught, um, inclusive ed classes. In fact, right now I'm teaching all of the inclusive ed 10th grade classes. Um, and also the, you know, the idea about uh, conflict resolution. The other panel that yeah. we went to, um, a teacher, they're, one of the big things they do is conflict resolution, or even better than that, avoiding any conflict in the first place and trying to get people to do what you want without ever engaging in a conflict. And those tools yeah. are really helpful from this convention to take back with me to you know, my professional life. And who can yeah, that, say that about a game con usually?
0: Yeah, really. Right, yeah. right. That's true. <laughs>
2: Seriously.
0: The panel that was uh, on conflict resolution, there were a couple of things I learned there. I, I had already learned Deer Man, so I mean, this is a DBT skill that uh, I'm not going to mm-hmm. go into right now because I can never remember all of the steps of Deer Man. Um, but this one, I also learned Halt, and I learned Rain, and uh, Halt is the one that stuck with me because. Halt is the idea that you uh, you shouldn't really engage with people, or you should be aware that some of your emotions might rise from uh, this, these conditions, and that is hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. And at, at, since I've come back, I've kind of been at least 75. I've had 75% of that happen to me, so it, it's kind of like okay, I, I I can recognize that. I know that I I'm in a space right now that I shouldn't be. Uh, interacting with people where I shouldn't be, you know, interacting over strong emotional things. And so those kind of tools being given to a crowd of people who are gamers, who are listening and paying attention to and, and asking questions about, that's just really, really exciting. To have a group of, even if it's 100 people, and I imagine that both, both of the panels that I went to probably had between 100 and 200 people in, in them. Um, to see that coming from our community, Uh, It just gives me a lot of faith and hope in in what's going on in our gaming world.
1: It's it's good to see it, like, happening in multiple parts, like, in multiple fields at the same time. It seems to be like—that was one of the the things that really struck me about PAX is, well, you have the education, the game designers, the therapists, social workers— all of, all of these different branches just like converging around like a board game, you know, yeah. around of, around that table, and it, it's it is very hopeful. I do hope we we figure out how to like really continue to get this out
3: there. I I really enjoy that it's happening organically <clears throat> as well, you know. It's it's not forced. It's it's just we we all know there's something here, and we're trying to make it work
0: yeah and and it's growing and so that that's even more exciting because the first packs i went to even though it was all there were a lot of different uh uh mental health panels nobody knew each other it was a like a complete wake-up moment like you're here you're here you're here so now that we're all pulling our heads up from the sand and looking at each other now it's a chance to collaborate and build and that that's the exciting part um it's just a damn good con. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, I I enjoyed it a lot the second time, and I I'm hoping to go again and help out and and whoever needs help in booths or whatever, and hope hopefully do more talks at uh, PAX.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Jack's talking about uh, putting a, a booth together that uh, rolling for change, and he will will uh, work. Next year, we'll we'll see how that goes. I'm a little, a little afraid of it, but wow. we'll see how it goes. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, if there are like a like a house I could hide under?
1: <laughs> we, maybe we'll make sure we basement. have it. I have a
0: place that like just underneath our table, so that you can hide out.
3: If all I have to do is talk to people, I'm fine.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: If all I have to do is tell people to talk to Tim, even better. <laughs> <laughs> do you know how many times? I was like, Oh yeah, this is like a really quick demo version of it. But like Tim is over at the booth right now and he's doing like a longer version. If you wanted to do that right after, that's fine too.
3: I just got sent over from the giant meeple party. he told me to come over here to play it. I'm <laughs> like, oh great, thanks, Brian. I'll just never stop.
0: <laughs> so you just keep your big house to yourself and leave all leave all the work to Tim. Look how nice this
3: looks. Now go over there and play it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs>
1: No, the you know, okay, we, we want to talk about, like, heartwarming, touching moments. Like, I'm there, I just finished organizing this table, making it look nice, put the cards in place, and, like, you know, all the meeples are, are great. And then, like, these two little girls, like, maybe, like, four or five years old, if that, comes over, and it's like, can I play? And I'm like, yeah, of course. And it just, immediately, they just take the the, the, the meeples, Bring them inside the giant dollhouse and just rearrange them all for like the next like ten, twenty <laughs> minutes, if not if not longer. And like the the parents are there on their cell phones. I think they took the pictures once or twice and then they went back to text messaging and it's like, yo, like knock yourself out. Like this is super cool. I just turned this playhouse into like like, you know, this meeple party home is now what it was originally intended for, a giant dollhouse.
3: I I had a very similar experience while you were at the booth. Yeah. No. Uh, with a four-year-old mm. girl who wanted to learn, who's super shy. First of all, she was very very shy, hiding behind mom's leg, and I'm like, "Hey, you want to learn how to play the game?" And she's like, looks at her mom, and she's like whispering into her mom's ear, and the mom goes, "Yeah, she wants to learn how to play." <laughs> and I'm like, "All right, cool. Let's learn how to play an evil Party." And I start like telling her how to play the game. And then I hand her this giant meatball and I'm like, now let's go on the other side and put it in the, inside the house. And she's like, what? It, <laughs> I I think I had her there for about 45 minutes and the mom just looks at me and she says, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a really cool feeling because by the time uh, we, we were done, there were no more meatballs left. First of all, to put yep. into the house and I'm like, all right, you did it. You just made the last photo. You won Meeple party. You had a great time. <laughs> I give her a high five and she's like hugging me on the way out and I'm like, wow, like that was great. Like that's this cool. shy little girl who like couldn't bear even saying hello to me uh, by the end was like having a good time and laughing. That that was a very memorable moment for me.
0: That's a good feeling. Brian, I just want to point out that you uh, had an experience with your, your, your big house Meeple party uh of uh directive play therapy and non-directive play therapy both in the same moment yeah i know i was thinking about that like that's
1: how messed up like my head is going into like the panel i'm like wow i did both times today yep
0: yeah Yeah, look at that i could be (laughs) non-directive so for those who don't know this is uh one of uh uh Dr. Brian's uh, bigger challenges right now is, is this uh, distinction between directive and non-directive therapy.
1: Yeah, definitely. Because it's like, maybe maybe I can be a little bit more hands off, you know, like or, <laughs> or telling myself I need to be. And apparently what, when I do do that, there's going to be meeples stacked all over the place. There's going to be like people falling out of the house, you know, stuff like that. and And I'm okay with that.
2: Okay, you know. so for those of us who um, have no idea what you mean by that, please explain.
1: Uh, you know, because we made Woody do it last time, I guess, I guess I'll guess i explain this time. You, you do need to be the one to explain. I'm
3: shocked. I, I'm, I'm very shocked that you're going to do that.
1: <laughs> Don't push your luck, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what, what I'm finding right now, um, the more I'm like looking into play therapy and like studying, um, the different ways people are using it, is that it, there are times where it's branched off into two directions, which is one that's more directive, more prescriptive. And you'll see uh, cognitive behavioral therapy would be a good example of that. Um, or you'd see like non-directive, which could be more, uh, child centered, um, approaches. And like, m- like, which would normally be considered like humanistic. And essentially it's, um, a good example is we're going to go play this game now. Um, if the oh forget you Tim wow you just derailed the whole wow so you know before we took a picture when we were messing with Woody <laughs> Tim just <laughs> took a picture of me <laughs> while they're forcing me to do the explanation.
3: <laughs>
1: good job Tim I'll remember that later. <laughs> yeah, you brought it full circle. You brought it full circle, Tim. Good job. Uh, so, um, oh, hold on. Give me a second. All right. So with the non-directive approaches, it's like, yeah, but some of them won't use board games at all. And some of them don't use, and there's some forms of, of play therapy that will not use gaming at all. Um, but they will make exceptions for it when the child is the one who's picking the game. And the child is the one who's playing the game the way they wants it to be played. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Woody's example is perfect because it's like, yeah, we have all the rules of the game, all the directive rules. If you if a family or a child wanted to do that, or you can go completely non directive and let them just play with the giant dollhouse. Mm-hmm. Tim, you didn't take a picture of the timestamp.
3: I didn't need to. <laughs> no. It's right
1: here. It's in your heart. In the time
0: starts. I'm really just heart. imagining that Brian and Tim talked uh, before this podcast. And you're like, how soon do you think we can make them talk about this, that, and the other?
1: <laughs> what? No, listen, I came into this completely unprepared and like <laughs> not sure what you were looking for. And I was just like, yeah, you know what? We hung out so much during the con. It's like, and that's what like kind of like what you were saying about being recharged afterwards. Yeah. It's like we're continuing conversations that we had while we were there. And it feels so much better you know than just going back to your office and going back you know and not keeping any of those connections or continuing some of those thoughts you need in order to get better at your craft
3: yeah I, i automatically came back and just started contacting people because i feel like if i if i don't do this it's just not going to happen
0: yeah
1: the first thing i did when i got into the office was um i went onto discord and and i wrote like i don't know how you guys do this like i don't know how you guys like go to these panels have these conversations and then go back to work the next day and they were (laughs) i did get some advice which was
3: don't do too many panels (laughs) if you want to live yeah the other advice was don't go to work the next day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and the thing is, is like, I mean, I'm again, like in comparison to Tim, I'm not the one who's going to be more outgoing um, at times. But in that situation, it was no, like this was a continuation of the outgoingness we had by com- connecting with each other, by connecting with other uh, peers on our field. And I just felt like, okay, I, I had to like express this. And it was like super cool.
0: Yeah, I, there's not a lot of crossover between the Grateful Dead and gaming, but one thing that Phil Lesh always said at the end of concerts this is after after Jerry had died, um, was you know now you've you've listened to our show, now go do something with it. Take this this feeling that you have and take it out into the world and spread it into the world, and that's that's the way I feel about conventions like PAX Unplugged. Take the take what you gathered from this place and bring it into the real world so we can infect the world with what we're doing. That, that yeah. message always kind of rung true to me, so thank you, Phil Lesh, for that. All right, guys. We'll uh, we we've talked for about an hour and a half. We we've talked about Doug for about thirty minutes of that, and uh, <laughs> I, I I think it's it's time to wrap up. But I want to thank you guys so much for hanging out with me and and debriefing on PAX because it was really a good experience and getting to spend time with you guys with all you guys was fantastic. And I'm I'm encouraging all of our listeners to to join us at PAX Unplugged next year. The it'll be a new awakening. We'll all be there and we'll all be working together and it'll be fine. It'll be, this, yeah, this is fine. <laughs>
3: yeah. I, I'm looking forward to next year. I'm looking forward to hopefully having more discussions with people about all this and hopefully seeing you guys there as well.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I want
0: a rematch. <laughs> <laughs> I want, I want a life-sized uh, Rhino hero super battle. So- Uh, so you don't know and then if we build the house properly then we can play meeple (gasps) party in it afterwards
3: okay so first of all there is a giant version and it was right next to the to the meeple party giant version oh you're
0: kidding me not Not at all
3: not at all not at all
1: had you visited
3: you know had you come to my house
1: you were invited and you never came over (laughs) i didn't know the address that's why (laughs) that's why like a part of me was laughing so hard when I finally got to play like the Rhino game I I see it across from me the whole time and I couldn't get to play it because I was standing at Meeple party that's
3: exactly why when you guys were like well what game do you want to play and I hear Rhino or Rhino Hero I'm like that's the one yeah let's do that
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's what yep all right well thanks guys uh, yeah. I, I know that I'll get to talk to uh, uh, you, Brian, and Tim, again in the very near future because we're going to kind of unwrap Metatopia because I don't think a lot of people know what Metatopia is. Um, and I look forward to that. But until that time, uh, thank you, everyone, for participating in our discussion today. And, and uh, we'll, we'll see you next time.
1: Yeah, thank you so sure. much for having us. Thank
2: you.
0: And, and to everyone else out there, keep on rolling for Doug.
2: I was waiting (laughs) for it. I was waiting. I was going to...
0: You stole my line, you bastard. (laughs) (laughs) You've been listening to Rolling for Change, a proud member of the Geek Therapy Network. If you want to geek out and do good, set your browser for network.geektherapy.com. There you'll find all kinds of great geek therapy shows, including Rolling for Change, and lots of people to talk about all your geeky pursuits with. If... However, you would like to just contact us, you can contact us by emailing us gamers at rollingforchange.com. On Twitter, we are at rollforchange, and you can also point your Discord browser to geektherapy.com forward slash Discord. Anyway, don't forget to uh, check out Rocket Scientists. They can be found at bandcamp.com. There, you'll get all their great music, including the theme song that's playing here in our background. Uh, but many others. Please go check out Rocket Scientists. Once again, thanks so much for listening to Rolling for Change, a proud member of the Doug Therapy Network.